Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is The World in 10 on Monday the 5th of December. I'm Bev Rimmer. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Questions arise over the future of the morality police in Iran. There was an announcement by the Attorney General again that there was a 15-day review of the way the hijab law was implemented. And Belgium's largest ever trial of 10 men accused of setting bombs in Brussels in March 2016 is underway this week. Iran's public prosecutor has indicated that the country's morality police that drives decisions on how women should dress has been closed down. Months of riots and protests have been seen on the streets of Tehran and other major cities following the death in custody of 21-year-old Masa Amini, who was detained for apparently not wearing her hijab correctly. The apparent scrapping of the morality police is yet to be confirmed by Iran's interior ministry, which is in charge of the force. Iranian state media has said that the public prosecutor, Mohammad Jafar Montaziri, bears no responsibility for its running. Nega Mortazavi hosts the Iran podcast that features conversations on Iranian politics, society and culture and told Times Radio that the calls for change in the country's regime have become deafening. The pressure is so high, as one lawyer put it, basically saying the morality police is almost like a child that nobody wants. Nobody is taking responsibility for this force, for the killing and custody of this woman that happened, for the violence that's happening against um, uh, women on the street and in public in this form of harassment. This watershed moment, essentially, the death in custody of Masa Amini and the fact that women and allies basically took to the street and said enough is enough. A woman has died in the custody of this violence force and we're not going back to before September 2022. We can get a bit more on the story now from the Times of London's Middle East correspondent, Richard Spencer. So the morality police have disappeared from the streets. I mean, that's something that uh, people have noticed. Um, So somebody asked the Attorney General about it, and he said that people who started it had stopped it, is the expression he used, roughly Mm. translated. So uh, there's been no confirmation of that. Um, There's no suggestion that has been approved by the Supreme Leader, which it would need to be ultimately. Um, so it's not quite clear, but he, it's hard to know, hard to see why he would have said it if it wasn't didn't have some truth in it. They've got to do something about these protests, which aren't going away. They've now been going on for two and a half months. Uh, by their own estimate, um, you know, two to three hundred people have been killed. Uh, human rights group says more like four to five hundred. Um, a lot of those have been, I mean, quite a number of those have been security forces. So you know, people have been fighting back. Um, and uh, so this, these comments didn't come out of the blue. I mean, one of the reasons we've taken them seriously, despite being slightly ambiguous, is because they come after a couple of days in which the, 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 the mood music of like from the regime has changed. President Raisi, who's a hardliner who actually insisted on this crackdown on hijab in the first place, in the last couple of days has started saying, well, you know, um, we're not totally inflexible. 
Uh, Islamic law is the constitution, but the mechanisms of enforcement, he said, are flexible, uh, can be revisited. Uh, there was an announcement by the Attorney General again that there was a 15-day review of the way the hijab law was implemented. This week, Belgium is seeing the start of a huge trial. Back in March 2016, Islamist bombings at Brussels airport and on the city's metro killed 32 people and left more than 300 injured. Now, a jury will decide if 10 men accused of the atrocities were responsible. Six of the 10 have already been convicted in France over coordinated attacks at the Bataclan Concert Hall and other venues in November 2015. The trial is taking place in NATO's old headquarters in a suburb of the Belgian capital, and it will last until the end of June. Around a 1,000 people are due to give evidence. They were either caught up in the March 2016 attacks or they tragically lost loved ones. 370 experts and other witnesses are also expected to testify. One of the men on trial is a Swedish national accused of planning to plant a second bomb on the metro in Brussels. And Salah Abdesalam, who was the main suspect in the Bataclan attacks and had been arrested four days before the bombs went off in Belgium, is also accused of plotting these attacks. It's thought that one of the ten accused has since been killed in Syria. On the way, one of England's World Cup squad has been forced to return home early and we find out what on earth goblin mode means. Meanwhile, thousands of people in part of Indonesia are bracing to leave their homes after the country's highest volcano started to erupt. Authorities have imposed a no-go zone of roughly five miles around Mount Semeru in East Java as it pours with hot avalanches of lava. The sky around it is filled with a thick ash cloud and the region is on high alert for more evacuations. Two and a half thousand people have already been forced to leave their homes. No casualties were reported. This eruption follows one last year that saw 50 people killed and thousands more displaced. This resident who's been moved out of the area is struggling and wants some answers. We asked the government for a house to relocate to as soon as possible. But right now I'm living in a temporary shelter to store my things and I'm afraid that if the hot ash clouds come again we won't be able to salvage them. If I can't save my belongings I'll have to start life from scratch. You're listening to The World in 10 from The Times of London. Analysis and insights into the globe's main stories in just 10 minutes. Some news from the World Cup now, and England winger Raheem Sterling has left Qatar and returned to the UK after intruders broke into his home. The Chelsea players said to have been shaken and concerned about the well-being of his children. Manager Gareth Southgate says while it's not ideal, Sterling's decision has his full backing. It's not known if Sterling will return to Qatar for England's quarter-final match against France on Saturday. Jim White is the Telegraph sports columnist and has told us that FA may want to consider bringing in some sort of group security when the England squad are abroad. It's so obvious they're not going to be there. We all know where they are and probably with their families as well. I mean, uh, Sterling has young children, so that's maybe why they're uh, not over here. The cameras kept on picking out the, the wives and girlfriends of the uh, players, so their houses are going to be empty. This is a real problem that uh, uh, Premier League footballers have, partly because they know that within their house there's going to be a lot of disposable goods. With the rest of the news from the World Cup, here's John Jackson. 
We're halfway through the last 16 ties at the FIFA World Cup finals in Qatar, and there are already two mouth-watering quarterfinals set for this coming weekend. The Netherlands will face Lionel Messi and his Argentina side, who nearly came unstuck against Australia late on in their 2-1 last 16 victory on Saturday. Current world champions France looked impressive as they made short work of Poland, beating them 3-1 to book their quarterfinal against England at the weekend. Gareth Southgate's side also looked impressive with 19-year-old Jude Bellingham starring in their 3-0 win over Senegal. Japan take on Croatia and Brazil face South Korea in today's penultimate round of last 16 ties. In the world of entertainment, Kate Winslet has told The Times of London she's glad that James Cameron is much calmer than he was way back when they were filming Titanic. The pair are back together for The Way of Water, the long-awaited Avatar sequel. Cameron has said that the actress, then 20, was a bit traumatised by the size of Titanic that involved 150 actors and hundreds of crew. And Winslet once said she'd have to be paid a lot of money to work with Jim again. Well, here we are 25 years on, and the pair insist everything on set is rosy these days. And finally... Goblin mode. What? Goblin mode. No, no clearer. Goblin mode. Oh, stop saying that! Well, whatever it means, it's won the official word of the year 2022 by public vote. Although it's clearly two words... Jonathan Dent is the senior editor of the Oxford English Dictionary. Maybe he can shed some light on it for us. There's a slightly earlier usage going back to 1996 in kind of fantasy fiction context or role-playing where people are talking about being in goblin mode. But in the sense we're talking about it, it basically means a sort of state of behaviour which is unapologetically self-indulgent or slovenly or greedy, typically in a way that's seen as rejecting social norms or expectations. For a lot of us, we've lived through um, a couple of years of lockdowns and that kind of thing. And then we had to go back to, many of us have gone back to the office and that kind of thing. And it seems like we're feeling, some of us at least are feeling the need to occasionally escape from being on all the time. And there's also that idea of a rebellion against those kind of increasingly unattainable or unsustainable kind of lifestyles we see on social media. And on that note, that's your World in 10 for Monday the 5th of December. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.